Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Brain Food Podcast. I'm Casey Thomas and today I want to talk to you about MCTs. And I first learned about these when I was seeing a bunch of strength coaches dumping them into their coffee and something called Bulletproof Coffee. And so that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. I've been getting a lot of questions about these lately. Um, It's a fascinating topic. And before we do get into that topic, if you can, I just wanted to ask if you could please leave me a rating and review and let me know whatever feedback you're thinking about these episodes. I've been having a blast doing them, but I want to hear more about what you guys think. And if you guys have any topic suggestions, I'm more than happy to do an entire podcast on it as well, within reason. <laughs> uh, if you can, please also subscribe. It does help me out a whole lot. And share it with a friend. Uh, I'm trying to get as much quality you know, nutrition science information out there that's actually based on the evidence and the research literature in this field, which is just bombarded with misinformation, as I'm sure you know. So with all that out of the way, let's talk about some MCTs. (laughs) So MCTs, before we even define what those are, I just do need to say that there is a lot of research out there with regard to their use for things like weight loss. And there was a recent meta-analysis that actually suggested they are beneficial for weight loss, which was kind of surprising to me. Um, It's not what I expected based off of previous literature that I've come across. Uh, The catch is it's you have to substitute some of what you're already eating, some of the oils you're already eating for these MCTs. Okay, so you can't just add in MCTs to your diet because if you do that, then you're just going to be adding calories. (laughs) So don't just add in MCTs if you're looking for Weight loss, you have to use it to replace some other kind of oil that's already there. And there is some data also that suggests, yes, it might produce weight loss, but it might also cause extra loss in your lean tissue, so things like your muscles, which most people don't want. So anyway, we don't need to talk about any of that kind of stuff. This podcast is about brain food and about improving your mental performance. And that's one of the big claims that MCTs make. So That's what I want to talk to you about. And most of the historical literature around this topic deals with MCTs and looking at cognitive performance in elderly people. All right. Elderly people, frequently in the literature, you cannot pull data from from them. Okay. You cannot pull data from them and extrapolate it to a population of healthy young people because their bodies, their brains are physiologically quite different. So there's a lot of data in MCTs showing improvements in elderly. That's cool. That's fine. There's also a lot of data in people with disease states, Okay, things like Alzheimer's disease. You also cannot extrapolate data from a diseased brain and try to hope that that same compound or that same mechanism or whatever it is is going to work exactly right in a healthy young individual. So yes, there's data that MCTs can help out in disease states which is great, right? That's good for for those people, but it's not what we're curious about. So just uh, to kind of set the stage, we have data showing it helps in disease states. We have data showing it helps in elderly, and we have data showing it helps in 
healthy elderly as well. But we don't have any data in healthy young, which is exactly what we want. And so that's where the study comes in that I that I found, which was released in last year. Uh, it's by Ashton, A-S-H-T-O-N, and it was released in 2020. Okay. So they decided to look at the effect of MCTs in healthy young. And before I even talk about the study, I just want to briefly let you know that this study was funded by the people who made the MCT gel. Okay. So yes, it's a slight ding. Um, However, I do want to point out that this particular study was conducted independently at Liverpool University, despite, you know, them funding the study. They had no oversight or um, say in how the study was conducted itself. The MCT people had no say in how the study was conducted itself. And I do think on a, on a personal note that people tend to be way too hard uh, with potential financial conflicts of interest. Research costs so much money. You don't even understand how much time and effort and staffing and research labs and equipment and materials and all this stuff that goes into doing a research study. And if you're just asking for handouts, no one's going to give you money to do the research that you want to do. No one's interested in all these different topics. So it might be interesting to you, but does, you know, the people who are writing the grants, do they care about it? And so businesses who have vested interest in certain topics, they will frequently fund research because they want to know if whatever it is that they're trying to sell is actually effective. And if it's not, then they want to be able to revise <laughs> their product line, right? They don't want to be selling something that is ineffective or harmful to people. That's that's kind of how it goes. Big businesses, yes, will fund a lot of research studies. And yes, you could say that's a financial conflict of interest, but that research would otherwise just never get done. So it's it's kind of something that has to happen. And so in general, where there is a bit of a bias... So if big businesses, they fund these research studies and the research study comes out and says, hey, this stuff is terrible, then there is a little bit of suppression of research that goes on. It's, it's That just won't get published. But if the research was conducted and it showed that their product or whatever it was did have good results, then they don't care. They want it to get published. Right. So so they're all all very happy that that good research came out supporting their product. Right. So that's kind of where you might see the bias happening is this over selection for positive results and almost like a, a censorship of bad results, which, yes, is a problem. But the the positive results are still results of a real research study. Okay, and, and one other thing that I'll, I'll mention is that this particular research study was published in a very well-respected scientific journal, so the standards were very high. All right, enough me, enough of me talking about uh, scientific politics. Uh, for curious, if anyone's curious about that, I'm happy to go into bigger details about my stances on that. But let's start talking about MCTs, okay? So first, we have to define what MCTs are. Finally, uh, I know I've been stringing you along long enough, but MCT stands for medium chain triglyceride. 
And this is in contrast to short chain and long chain. All right. Most foods that are eaten in the average diet these days tend to be long chain. And by long chain, we mean it has more than 12 carbons in length. Medium chains have anywhere from 6 to 12 carbons. Now, the interesting thing about medium chain triglycerides is that because they are shorter, they're able to be digested and absorbed much quicker. Okay, And in fact, they don't require bile or lipase. They can be absorbed immediately. They will literally enter your blood within minutes of ingestion, which is pretty cool. And because they're absorbed that quick, they are immediately transported to the liver, and the liver will actually oxidize them and create something called ketone bodies. Now, ketones are normally not produced in significant amounts unless you go either on a low-carb or ketogenic diet <laughs> or are starving. Ketones have been shown to be an alternate fuel source for the brain, and we've talked about this in the past. So MCTs have a direct way to increase the amount of ketones that your body is making without having to do a ketogenic diet, okay, without having to starve yourself. So all of that is interesting, and it leads us to a plausible mechanism. So in this particular study, what they wanted to do is they wanted to test four weeks of MCT supplementation on cognitive performance in healthy young individuals. And they chose a very specific C8 to C10 ratio. 30% of MCTs with eight carbons and 70% of MCTs with 10 carbons, okay? So the difference between the two is C8 causes more ketone production, but it also causes stomach issues. And that was something I didn't mention before. So yes, there's been a consistent positive effect shown with MCTs in elderly and in you know people with Alzheimer's, but there's also a consistent side effect, <laughs> which is bad stomach issues, stomach ache, diarrhea, nausea, all sorts of things. So C8 is known to cause these stomach issues. And C10, on the other hand, has minimal stomach issues. And it can cause increased uh, mitochondria in neuronal cells. So they pick this number, this ratio, for a very specific reason, this 30-70 ratio. 30% of C8 and 70% of C10. So that amount of C8 is the minimum amount needed to cause the maximum rise in ketone production. And they wanted to minimize C8 as much as possible in order to limit any potential GI issues or any stomach issues. And then they filled it out with the C10, which has this ability to increase the amount of mitochondria. So mitochondria, as a reminder for you guys, it is the powerhouse of the cell, right? We all learned that in seventh grade. <laughs> uh, essentially, it means that it helps out with energy production. And when you have better energy production in your cells, it means they're more efficient and they're functioning at a higher level. So they made this, this blend, this 30-70 blend of C8 to C10. They're hoping 
that it's going to maximize increase in mitochondria and it's going to limit stomach side effects and it's also going to boost our ketone production. That's what they did. Now they had 30 university students, okay, and they were randomized to one of three groups. Group one was placebo group, group two was a 12 gram per day group, and group three was an 18 gram per day group. And one thing I should quickly note is that previous literature has only been able to show enhancements with MCT supplementation when people are taking it chronically for weeks at a time, or if they are taking just a mega dose in one sitting. And the problem with taking a mega dose in one sitting, as you can guess, is you are going to get the runs. Okay, Diarrhea is almost inevitable. So they chose a very modest dose. They chose this 12 grams per day or this 18 grams per day. And they were telling their participants to take it every single day. Specifically, they had these gel packs, which were six grams of MCT oil. And they were given these, um, they were given three gel packs per day. Okay. So regardless of group, they got three gel packs. The placebo, the placebo group got three carb gel packs. The 12 gram per day got two MCT packs. So six plus six, right, is 12. And one carb gel pack. And then the 18 gram per day group got three of our MCT gel packs. So everybody got three gel packs. They were told they needed to consume these gel packs 30 minutes before each meal. And they were also told that they had to consume these gel packs immediately before each lab visit. Now, the lab visits happen every week. They happened at baseline, so before consuming any MCTs, at week one, at week two, at week three, and at week four. So a total of five visits. And they did take one extra precaution with this because even though this dose was a modest dose, they still knew that GI issues could happen. So they slowly ramped up the dose of gels. So week one, they had you taking only one gel. Week two, they had you taking two gels. Week three, they had you taking three gels. Week four, had you also taking three gels. Okay, so you didn't get to your study dose, essentially, until week three. And as I said, this was mainly to give the body time to adapt and to try to minimize any potential GI issues. The other interesting uh, information that you could pull from this is that it might tell you what the minimum effective dose is for cognitive benefits. Because if everybody started seeing benefits after just one week on it, then you might say six grams is the minimum effective dose. If it took two weeks, then maybe 12 grams is the minimum effective dose. And if it took three weeks and only the 18 gram dose uh, saw benefits, then you know that 18 grams is our minimum dose. Anyway, that was the other benefit to this is not only it minimized GI issues, but it also was able to tell them what dose is clinically relevant. And so at each of these lab visits, they did cognitive tests. And let me walk you through what each of the cognitive tests were. I think some of these are really fun. I actually done a lot of these and administered a lot of these. And they're just fun to do. So if you get a couple minutes, just, just try some of these out online. Uh, you'll have a good time, trust me. So the first one is trail making. Okay, and this is a test of processing speed, sequencing, and visual mo motor skills. Now, there's two parts to this test, okay, an A and a B test. The A one is the easy one. The B test is the hard one. 
in the A test, participants are basically told to draw lines as quickly as possible between numbers 1 and 25 in an ascending order. And so what it looks like is there's just a piece of paper and spread out randomly on it are these numbers 1, 2, 3, all the way up to 25. Okay, and they're put in these little circles. And so you have to put your pen on the bubble that has number 1 in it, and then you have to find number 2 and draw a line straight to it. If you mess up, the researcher calls you out and says, hey, you went from 1 to 3, you didn't go from 1 to 2. You have to go back and go 1, 2, and then 3. All right, and that's part A. It's, it's just numeric. In part B, they have to do the same concept. You want to go in ascending order, but they make it a lot harder because what they do is they have numbers 1 to 13 spread out randomly on the sheet, and then they have letters A through L spread out randomly on the sheet. Okay, and what you have to do is you have to go one and then you go to A and then you go two and then you go B and then you go three and then you go C and then you go four and then you go D and so on. So you have to alternate number and then letter, number and then letter, and you have to go in ascending order. And because of the need to switch your attention between these two different categories, uh, it, it's much more difficult in Part B than it is in Part A. So that was the first test, the trail-making test. The second test was the working memory test. And basically, this, this just tests how much information your brain can work with in the short term, right now. How much, how much information can you hold and store and manipulate and use? So the first one was a digit span test. And basically, the investigator reads you a list of numbers, and you have to repeat it back. So it starts with a list of two numbers, and every time you get it right, then he increases the number by one. So he might do two numbers, and then three numbers, and then four numbers, and then five numbers, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing until you can't keep up anymore. <laughs> so they have a digit span, and they have a forward and a backwards version. So the forward version is just repeat it back exactly as you heard it. The backwards one is repeat it back in the reverse order. And obviously the reverse order of this is much harder and people do way worse on the reverse order. They had a similar task, but it was a visual spatial task. And what they did was they had a bunch of blocks on just this little mat and they'll tap the blocks in a particular sequence. And so again, your task is to tap the blocks in the exact same order, or in the reverse version, tap the blocks in the opposite order. Okay. So that's the working memory tests. They also did a reaction time and attention task. And this one is kind of hard to explain, but basically they had you focus on a cross in the center of the screen, like a little crosshair. And there's squares to the left or to the right. And if you see the square change colors, then you press either left or right, depending on which square change. So it's kind of like you have to focus, and there's a reaction time component as well. And then they tried to make it a little bit more difficult by pre-queuing you with an arrow. And so an arrow might point left or right, and then one of the squares is filled at random. And you don't know which one it's going to be. They also did a sustained attention task, 
they said there's three target sequences. Okay, so there's three target se sequences: two, four, six, four, six, eight, or three, five, seven. All right. So the screen's going to flash with two numbers. It's going to say two and then four, and then it's going to put a random third number. And if it's what you wanted, so in that instance you wanted six, right? Two, four, six was the target. Then you're going to press a key as fast as you can. And you don't press it if it shows, say, a one. It's like two, four, one. That's not what you wanted. You don't press anything. And it does this a bunch, and your target sequences um, are fixed, and you just have to pay, keep paying attention and keep focusing. Hey, am I seeing my target sequence number, or am I not? Okay, so those are the cognitive tests. <laughs> they also did some just basic assessments of how they were feeling on this and wanted to note if there were any side effects with this protocol. And before we get to the results of this study, let's talk about some of the predictions. In short, you could say that the authors thought that due to previous literature, right, that it helps in elderly disease brains and it helps in elderly healthy brains, they thought that the MCT oil supplementation would enhance some metrics of cognitive performance. They weren't saying we expect every single metric to work, but they were saying, hey, maybe some of these will work out. That's kind of what we think based off of the prior literature. But there's definitely a risk that it's not going to apply because it's two entirely different demographics. And let's just be clear, when you look at all sorts of compounds and metrics and all this kind of stuff in, in other areas, you do see that more often than not, it does not apply. Okay, More often than not, comparing an elderly person to a young person just does not work. And there's also the potential issue that maybe 12 or 18 grams is insufficient in youth, right? This dose is, is modest. And there's the possibility that the combination of this modest dose and the healthy brains, it's just not enough. Okay, so maybe the dose is inadequate. Maybe youth would need a higher dose. So there's a lot of places where this study could fall flat and could lead to null results. That's what I was thinking as I, as I was reading this paper. Now let's let's quickly walk through the results. All right. So trail making A, the easy one. You just go from one to twenty-five and you draw as fast as you can. The twelve gram dose did better than placebo at week four, and the eighteen gram dose did better than placebo and the 12 grams at both weeks three and four. So a slight preference for the 18 gram dose in trail making A. Trail making A is the easy one though. In trail making B, what we saw was that both 12 and 18 grams did better than placebo at weeks two, three, and four, but they were no different than each other. So 18 was no better than 12. All right, and trail making B is arguably the more important of the tasks. Uh, trail making A is pretty straightforward. Now, as far as the digit spans, okay, so remember they're reading the numbers to you, you got to read them back. The 12 and 18 gram doses did better than placebo at weeks two, three, and four, and 18 was no superior to 12. All right, and this was the same whether or not it was the forward or the backwards digit span task. Now for the visual spatial one, the one where they're tapping the blocks, there was actually no difference in the forward one between placebo and 12 or 18. So no help from MCTs on this one. But on the visual spatial, the block tapping one backwards, 
there was a trend towards improvements in both the 12 and the 18 grams. Again, um, not statistically significant, so hard to pull results from that. But given that the backward task is more challenging, there is more room for growth, it makes sense that this one would have a trend and the forward one wouldn't even have a trend at all. Now, as far as the reaction time and attention task, there was no changes uh, between, no changes observed between the placebo or the MCT groups. And same thing with the sustained attention task, all right? No changes uh, were observed between the placebo or the MCT group. And as far as the side effects, Remember, they used a modest dose, and they even did a very stepwise progression with that dose. Remember, they started out with one gel pack, and they slowly ramped it up to three, uh, one week at a time. Despite this, despite this, 50% of participants in the 18-gram group ended up getting some kind of GI side effect. And 40% of participants in the 12-gram group still had GI side effects. So the side effects were minor. Okay, they weren't like crazy bad, but they were still noted. So just make sure you're aware that MCTs, even when you're taking all these extra precautions, they do tend to cause uh, stomach issues. So from these results, we can say that two to three weeks of supplementation with 12 to 18 grams of MCT did improve several metrics of cognitive performance in young and healthy individuals. And one thing that's really interesting about this paper, which I, I did like that they did, is that people were told to maintain their habitual lifestyle patterns. All right. It, it, what that means is that this was used in conjunction with whatever their diet was, with whatever their exercise program was, with whatever their sleep uh, patterns were. And so the results are independent of various lifestyle factors. So that's kind of that's kind of neat. OK, so it doesn't really matter what diet you're using. It doesn't really matter what uh, what exercise or sleep or any of these other things are doing. Because independent of that, we saw these improvements in, in cognitive performance. Because we saw improvements in the trail making test, it, it tells us that MCTs can improve things like processing speed, sequencing, sequencing, and visual motor skills. And because of the improvements in the digit span and somewhat of the visual span tests, it indicates that there are some improvements in our working memory. However, we do not see any improvements in uh, attention or sustained attention or visual selective attention. So all that's kind of interesting. Now, they propose some mechanisms, and they do believe that the dose that they used was too low to be providing a true alternate fuel for the brain. Okay, This is very different than someone who goes on a ketogenic diet, and their primary fuel for the brain becomes these ketone bodies. They said their dose was too small. It definitely wasn't doing that. And that's true. That's in agreement with the physiology. So instead, what they believe is that the results were coming as a function of an increase in the number of mitochondria in the brain cells. Okay. Uh, there is data showing that the C10 is not only improving 
the number of mitochondria shown in the neuronal cells. It also seems to improve the mitochondrial function, and it seems to also reduce the damage that is dealt to these mitochondria. And they believe that this is the main reason why there were cognitive improvements in their particular study. So to summarize, seems like supplementing with 12 grams of MCTs for a minimum of two to three weeks will improve several metrics of cognitive performance, specifically our processing speed, our sequencing, our visual motor skills, as well as working memory. The 18 gram dose didn't seem to fare any better than the 12 gram dose, except in one particular instance, but it also came with an extra 10% increased chance in getting some kind of stomach issues. So I think 12 grams is a fine dose to experiment with if you're curious about it. Um, the only downside is that MCTs, honestly, they are a bit expensive in comparison to other supplements, uh, especially if you're going to chronically dose with these as you need to, which is like a, you know, bi-daily kind of occurrence here. My word of caution for you is take some of the same steps that this research study did. Okay, you want to make sure you're slowly titrating up your dose because <laughs> there's a 50-50 chance you're probably going to get stomach issues, right? Even with the precautions that you might take. And if it were me, I would just say outright, if you have a sensitive stomach, if you're someone with already existing GI issues, I would probably just avoid MCTs altogether. Okay. <laughs> Don't even bother because they, they will just cause you to have some problems. So with that, um, you know, I think this is interesting. Um, it's not necessarily what I expected and is actually contrary to some of the previous literature that I had known. And so this was a really good study for me because I learned something, which I'm always looking to do. <laughs> and now I know that, hey, there is some data in Healthy Young that this can actually help. Because before, my understanding was just, you know, don't don't bother. It's going to cause stomach issues and there's no data in Healthy Young. So this was a really good study for me to read. Um, I hope you thought it was interesting. Please, if you can, give me some feedback. Let me know what you're thinking. Leave me a rating and review or just shoot me an email. Um, it's caseythomasrd at gmail.com. And I love hearing from you guys. I love hearing what you're thinking of all these. Thank you so much for listening. I know you have other things on your plates. I know you're busy and I know your time is precious. So uh, the fact that you are here listening to me rant about nutrition is I'm truly grateful. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll shut up about this, but I thought this was a fun one. Have a good rest of your day. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.